You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. So we're in our series called Paranormal Activity, and I um, just kind of echoing something that, that uh, Pastor Emma brought up. You know, I, I didn't grow up in a, in a super conservative Christian household, and I, I actually didn't even know that there's a lot of uh, Christians that, that don't celebrate Halloween and, and think it's, uh, you know, like a really bad thing. And, and listen, I, I get it um, on some level. Like our, our, in our neighborhood, our neighbors go hard on Halloween. It's crazy. Like our neighbors have decorations of like zombies hanging from nooses. There's like a garage in my neighborhood that has like fake blood splattered all over it, and it says you're next. And I'm like, wow, guys, goodness. I have a three-year-old son and he's like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, somebody spilled Kool-Aid. I don't know. Keep walking. So listen, I get it. I know that it can be a holiday that can, can be a little death-centric and, and things like that. But you know, I know that in Titus, the Bible says that to the pure, all things are pure. And I just know that for us, for, for my family, for Katie and I, Halloween is actually an it's probably the biggest kind of personal outreach event that we have every year. We set up a fire pit in our front yard. We're going to have dozens of people over to our, our home. I will probably meet hundreds of my neighbors that are going to walk by, and I'm going to get to tell them about C3 Church and just speak life into them. So as Pastor Emma said, let's just take back from the devil what he's taken, and let's make Halloween the most Christian holiday in the entire calendar. Come on. Come on. That's right. Anyway, so paranormal activity um, is all about, uh, you know, the supernatural, right? That which is above the natural. I love in Spanish, they say sobrenatural, which means above natural. And I love the way that um, that, that uh, communicates. And so I, wanna, I don't want to talk um, necessarily about uh, that miracles exist. I want to talk about why they exist. What is kind of the why behind Miracles. I think a lot of people would say, you know, if we look at, uh, at, at just the New Testament for a minute, I mean, obviously there's uh, miracles all throughout Old Testament, New Testament, but just, just the miracles of Jesus. I think a lot of people would say that uh, Jesus uh, used the miraculous as a display of power, as a way to sort of prove his godness. But I just, I think there's a lot more to it than that, that miracles are not just simply a display of power, and here's why, and I'm going to step into something that might be borderline blasphemous. I pray that I do not get smited by a lightning bolt. If Jesus' miracles were simply a display of power, there's probably some cooler stuff he could have done. I mean, listen, listen, listen. Just follow me for a second. Follow me for a second. Walking on water. Super cool. I can't do it. I can't walk on water. Okay, but I mean, there's bugs that can walk on water. There are there are insects that are anatomically configured where the surface to weight distribution doesn't break the surface tension, the hydrogen bonds in the water. And there are bugs that can walk on water. Okay, there is a, a species of lizard that has like web feet that can just run fast enough, and he can run on the water. Right. So I mean, it's it's really cool. I can't do it, but it's not like I mean, look. If I was Jesus, I am, I am not, thank God for everybody. If I was, though, and I had unlimited cosmic power at my fingertips, I would have done some things. 
I would have just like, oh, you guys are, you disciples, you're doubting, having issues with your faith, unsure if I am who I, I say I am. Hmm. Well, what if I write the word Jesus in lightning across the sky? J-E-S-U-S. You still doubt, huh? You still doubt, right? I mean, if, if miracles were just displays of power, there's like some crazy things I think that Jesus could have done that were just kind of shock and awe, right? I mean, if we look at the feeding of the 5,000, again, I mean, it's this beautiful miracle, unbelievably miraculous, but if it was just a display of power, why couldn't Jesus have just said, are you hungry, people? And everybody's like, yeah, we're hungry. And he's like, watch this. And everybody's just like, oh, I feel, I feel so full. Are you, are you full? I'm, I feel stuffed, right? But it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily about that. What about when, uh, when Jesus calms the storm? We all know the story, right? So the disciples are in a boat, they're on the sea, storm just raging, and they get super scared, and Jesus is asleep, and they wake him up, and he says, okay, peace be still, and the storm is calm. Again, very awesome. Don't get me wrong. But what's more impressive? to calm a storm or to cause a storm? Imagine if it was the other way and the disciples are just fishing on this nice, calm Sea of Galilee, just glassy water, and Jesus is like, watch this, boys. (laughs) Waves, wind. I would argue that that would probably be more impressive as far as a simple display of power. But listen. Miracles do not exist as simply displays of power. They speak. Miracles say something. That's the title of my message, Miracle Speak. So when we think about Jesus walking on water, it wasn't just a display of power. He was speaking. He was saying, I am Lord over creation. Everything on earth belongs to me. When he fed the 5,000, he involved the disciples. He said, you go feed them. And then there were leftovers. It was him communicating a principle of abundance, that I will involve and empower my people to spread abundance throughout the earth. When Jesus calmed the storm, it wasn't just about a display of power. He was saying, I am the bringer of peace into your life. Miracles speak. They say something. There's a why behind them. Amen? So I want to talk about one miracle in particular, and that is uh, the miraculous gift of the Holy Spirit called prophecy the gift of prophecy. And I want to, my goal is to just demystify it a little bit. Um, I think, you know, I didn't come from a, a spirit-filled church, and so when I heard about people prophesying and speaking in tongues, I was terrified and wanted to hide. Um, but I have, I have, it is undeniable the things that God has done, um, uh, both me uh, receiving the prophetic and acting out in the prophetic. And so I want to just kind of teach through it a little bit, um, just give you some personal experience I have. So again, the title of my message is Miracle Speak. I was going to call it Prophet Like It's Hot. But I thought that might be just a little too flippant for such an important topic. So, anyways. So, uh, again, we're going to talk about the why behind prophecy, the why. But before we do the why, I mean, it is important just to give the what. I'm just going to give you 
a definition. And as I was studying um, this week, uh, so this is, you know, just Mike's definition. Um, so this isn't canonized in the scriptures. This is just kind of my, my take from reading the Bible, studying some resources. So I think they're going to put the, the definition up on the screen. But this is how I would define uh, prophecy. It is a biblically consistent, spirit-inspired message from a person to a person, a group, or a circumstance. Okay? A biblically consistent, spirit-inspired message from a person to a person, group, or circumstance. Okay, so that's how we're going to define the what behind the prophetic. That's, that's what it is. But again, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about why. What's the point? And so I've got three points for you just about uh, the prophetic, kind of why and how and all of that. Um, and then I'm just going to, like I said, I'm just going to tell you some stories. I'm just going to share some of my um, wild experiences with um, the prophetic. So, um, we are going to read um, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. This is probably one of these sort of cornerstone passages about um, the, the prophetic. And so um, this is Paul writing to his church, uh, to a church at Corinth. And so uh, we're going to read this. should be up on the screen behind me, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into these, these points here. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Verse three, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Point number one, prophecy edifies. Pretty clear in that passage, right? Prophecy is meant to edify. And so um, in, in, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul lists out these, these different spiritual gifts, these supernatural gifts. There's nine of them. And here in this passage, he's just looking at two of them. And Paul's not saying necessarily that prophecy is the greatest of all the gifts. It's not sort of a, a, a um, an all-inclusive ranking or anything like that. All he is saying is that when we look at one gift versus another and we use a certain measuring stick, its ability to edify, prophecy gets more done. It accomplishes more because when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself, but when you prophesy, you can edify others, right? And so we, we see that the whole point of the prophetic is to build up. If you're a Spanish speaker, edificio means building. So edification, to edify, literally, means to build up. So if you have a prophetic word from God to share with me about how I'm a big smelly piece of doo-doo, that's not from the Lord, okay? You're just, you're just mean and you need to repent, okay? Prophecy will always build up. It will always encourage. It's not ever going to be about how somebody you know is a dirty, rotten sinner and they need to repent or else God's going to smite them or whatever. That's not the prophetic. It edifies. It builds up always. And so um, uh, I was at men's prayer, shameless men's prayer plug uh, coming at you. So men's prayer happens every Tuesday morning here um, in the foyer right outside at 5.30 in the morning. And uh, it is uh, one of my favorite, I actually missed the last two weeks. I was out of town uh, for business and then I was on vacation and I am like thirsty for men's prayer. To get back to men's prayer this Tuesday, I'm super pumped. But the way that we normally do it is we, we show up and, and the men just kind of, um, we take about 15, 20 minutes in a big corporate group and just kind of share just some big wins from the week. Um, we call them God stories. 
anything that God has done. You know, maybe a, a loved one came to church we've been praying for for a long time, or we had some big breakthrough in our marriage, or or big financial deal at work, or whatever the case may be, just to build up each other's faith. Then we break up into groups of three or four, and we begin to pray for each other. And um, and I was. Uh, this was a few weeks ago, and I was um, in a group with two of my favorite people, dear friends of mine, Captain Dominic Jones, Captain in the United States Navy, and the insurance wizard himself, Mr. Frank Torre. And so they were um, just praying over me and and Dominic, and really, and then Frank um, kind of chimed in. You know, I'm just kind of standing there, just receiving, and, and you know, they just Dominic put a hand on my shoulder and just began to prophesy over me. And listen to me, it wasn't weird. Okay? It wasn't like Dominic like put a hand on my chest and was like, hold on, Mike. Go ahead. Mm, yes, that's good. Okay. Are, are you sure? Okay. Yes. You bet, my Lord. Hold on. It wasn't like that, okay? It wasn't this super weird like thing like that. Dominic just put a hand on my shoulder and said, hey, you know, I just hear God saying. Um, and he began to, to prophesy over me about this, that God had, had called me in my life to be, to be first, to be somebody who goes out in front. And, and it was something that spoke so deeply to me because um, in, in Katie and I's family, that's very real. We, we uh, you know, have, have been called to go out in front and to be first in a lot of ways. And as Dominic was just kind of praying and prophesying over me, and then Frank chimed in, um, as they were praying, I just kind of saw this picture. And listen, it wasn't, again, it wasn't weird. It wasn't like I was transported to some matrix dream space. It was just a, a snapshot of something while they were praying. And I just saw, I was reminded of this book that I read. It's a really great book. has nothing to do with Christianity. It's not spiritual in the least. But it's a really great book called The Lost City of Z. Shameless plug. And it is about a British explorer named Percy Fawcett, who was really one of the, the last great explorers um, and uh, was out exploring the Amazon basin, one of the very first Westerners to set foot there. And the story is crazy because he was going where, there, where no one had ever gone before. And so he's macheting his way through all of this jungle stuff and he would get diseases and there were wild animals and natives. And as Dominic and Frank were praying over me, I was just reminded of that. And I just felt God whisper to me that, yeah, you know, we, we live in a world where, like, it's all, it's all kind of been explored, okay? We have satellite imagery of, like, every square inch of Earth, okay? There's not really any more, like, Magellans out exploring unseen. It's kind of all been seen, unfortunately, right? But I just felt God say, hey, in the spiritual, there is an infinite expanse of unexplored territory. And as Dominic and Frank were praying for me, I just saw this, this vision and God's just saying, yeah, like it's hard to go first. You have to deal with the dangerous, with chopping through stuff, forging a path where no one's ever been. And listen to me, it encouraged me so much. I can't even describe to you. I left that Tuesday just like, oh, 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 come on devil, let's go. I'm ready, baby. I was pumped. I was encouraged. And so it, that's exactly what it's meant to do. I was prophesied over and I left built up, edified. I was ready to dominate. And you know what's funny is there were things that came up, um, you know, that day or that week. And that word got me through it. I was just like, you know what? I'm going first, baby. Give me my machete. I'm about to chop through some jungle brush. Pia, pia, pia. I was ready, right? So prophecy always edifies. Point number two, prophecy is personal. It's personal. And so I want you to remember the definition that I gave. Actually, if you want to put it back up on the screen really quick. The first part is that the prophetic is always biblically consistent. Now, 
reason that's important is because if I stand up here and I say, listen, I know I have a word from the Lord. I know that the Bible says that there is but one mediator between God and man, his son, Jesus Christ, and that uh, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. But I have heard from the Lord, and crystals will also gain you eternal life if you put one under your pillow or something. I don't know. Right? We would, we would instantly know. We would be able to pin that against the scriptures and say, well, no, that can't be true because it's contradictory to God's word, right? And so the prophetic is always biblically consistent. So in some senses, if you think about it, you're not saying anything new. A prophetic word is not in and of itself something new. What it is is a deep personalization of the promises and statutes of God. The Bible is filled with unbelievable promises and assurances. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans to prosper you. But when a prophetic word comes to you, God will take that promise and he will personalize it in your life. And he will say something so specifically to you that it personalizes that promise in a way that you just feel so loved and cared for. So prophecy is always deeply personal. It's this Holy Spirit moment where the God of the universe, the infinite being himself, swoops all the way down and whispers something into your ear. It's powerful, right? There's a, an illustration. It's one of my favorite uh, analogies of all time um, that I want to share. It's from um, an old church leader. His name was Martin Lloyd-Jones, um, and it was in a, a book called Unspeakable Joy. I think it's actually originally from an old Puritan named Thomas Goodwin, but I'm actually going to read. I don't want to paraphrase it and misquote it because it's so beautiful. So uh, I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to just listen closely to this beautiful picture. A man and his little child are walking down the road, and they are walking hand in hand, and the child knows that he is the child of the father, and he knows that his father loves him, and he rejoices in that, and he is happy in it. There is no uncertainty about it at all, but suddenly the father, moved by some impulse, takes hold of the child, picks him up, fondles him in his arms, kisses him, embraces him, and showers his love upon him. Then he puts him down again, and they go walking on their way. That's it. The child knew before that his father loved him, and he knew that he was his child. But oh, this is the, the great part, but oh, the loving embrace, this extra outpouring of love, this unusual manifestation of it, that is the kind of thing, the spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So you see, as I mentioned, the Bible has all of these beautiful assurances, these, these promises. And I, I mean, I, that resonates with me because I have small children. I know exactly what that's like to be walking with my three-year-old son. And then for no reason, not because he did something good, because he needs encouragement, but just because I want to, I'll just scoop him up, spin him around, kiss him on his cheek, and just say, I love you, buddy. Put him back down, and we'll keep walking on our way, right? And that, to me, is this beautiful picture of when you get to receive a prophetic word. It takes, it's, it's the God of the universe swooping down and speaking something so particular and specific to you. Prophecy is always deeply personal. So um, several years ago, Katie and I were pretty new to, to the church. Um, I um, was finishing up my, my doctoral studies in structural engineering at UC San Diego, and part of that 
was I got to go um, and do this incredible trip to Florence, Italy. We did this uh, big structural analysis on a church there. I got to stay there for a month. It was unbelievable, super cool, ultra fun. And while I was there, I met this uh, this this um, Florentine man, this professor, and we became good friends. And he is one of the world's foremost authenticators of Renaissance art. And he, um, we got to know each other pretty well really quickly. And me and one other colleague, he invited us, said, look, I'm starting a business. And I think you guys are just the guys that I want to partner on this business. And so it was going to be this, just listen to how cool this is. Renaissance art authentication using like chemistry and image processing and computer vision. I mean, it was like the coolest. All right, I'm nerding out. My wife is making fun of me on the front row for being a nerd. What do we say about edification and building up, my wife? Come on, somebody. So it was just like I could not believe that I had stumbled into something so cool. I mean, I just like every day I was like, Katie, the Lord has, sh- has showered me with his affection. This is the most unbelievable thing. This is awesome. I can't believe it. And so I was just gung-ho into this business. Um, and as we were, this is before Katie and I had kids, and so it was going to require me to travel to Europe all the time. We had an office in Luxembourg, and I was going to have to be there all the time. And so, but it was before we had kids, and we talked about it and said, yeah, you know, I think we can, we can do that for a couple years. Our marriage is strong, and so let's, let's go after it. Now, the problem was C3 Church. <laughs> we had just started really getting plugged in here falling in love with what God was doing at this church, the way he was using us, the things that he had called me to in this church. And I just came to this realization that if I pursued that, it would take me out of this church and what I felt like God had called me to do and to be here. And so long story short, I, I passed on this thing. I walked away from this business. And it was super hard. I can't even explain like what Katie would remember. I mean, I was deeply troubled to step away from something that was so, and I didn't like earn it. It was this opportunity that I felt just stumbled into into my lap, but I walked away from it. And then a couple months later, I don't even remember where it was. It might've been like an Empower Conference or something, but um, Katie and I are just there um, worshiping and still pretty new to the church, okay? And again, I didn't grow up in in a, I didn't grow up around this kind of stuff, like speaking in tongues and the prophetic. It was all very, very new to me and originally very, very weird to me. And so I'm just, just praying, and, and Pastor Jurgen uh, gets up, and he just, like, looks at me and says, Mike. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, what do I do? I, think I, I always see people do this, and so I'm like. And he says, he says, Mike, I, I just feel God saying that he sees that you made a decision to pass up a business opportunity for the sake of growing his church. And I was just like, what? And he just went on to say, you know, I just, I, I, I hear God saying that, that he sees that he will honor that, he will bless you, and just went on and on and on. And I can't even tell you how deeply personal, and it wasn't like, I mean, nobody knew that. It wasn't like there's some Mike newsletter that Pastor Jurgen had read, and so he was like, all right, I'm going to prophesy this, this. No, 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 it was just, it was the God of the universe saying something to me, saying, I see you, my son, I'm proud of you, I'm going to bless you, I have a future for you was one of the, it was just an incredible moment. And then um, really only a few months ago, um, I was going through a, a lot of, of just unrest in my career and my business, a lot of uncertainty, um, a lot of really kind of tough uh, things to navigate financially. And it was really 
Like, I don't want to trivialize it. It was really, 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 really hard. Um, and Katie and I were, were just, I mean, it consumed every conversation we had about what we were going to do, how we were going to make it, which way we should go, what would be wise. And, and it was an all-consuming thing in my life for, for a while. And so um, I think we had a Holy Spirit night here at the church. And so I was up here and, um, and just asked Christian Franco to, where's Christian? I saw him just a minute ago. Oh, there's my dude right there. Christian Franco prayed for me. And um, listen, this is going to sound like I'm making fun of Christian, and I'm not. He's one of my favorite people, incredible <laughs> man of God. But English is his second language, okay? Like, he's a great English speaker. Don't get me wrong, perfectly fluent in English. But it's not like he has a master's degree in, like, British literature or something like that. And so he's praying for me and says something so poetically beautiful. I was just like, there is no, no offense. No way that you just made that up. No way. I mean, it was crazy. So he's just praying for me, and he's just, you know, saying a bunch of things, and I'm just kind of just there receiving, and he just says, and, you know, I just, I just hear God saying, it's not unraveling, it's unfolding. Oh, my goodness. It was literally like it was like unfolding, folding, 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 folding. And I was just like, whoa. And it was just, again, it was one of those moments where I knew that I knew that I knew that that wasn't Christian Franco. It was the God of the universe speaking to me. And again, you know what's crazy is that word got me through a lot of things. It wasn't a Bible verse. It wasn't a worship song. It was a prophetic word. And so I would, there would be, and things, to be honest with you, things got worse. Things got harder. And so we would have these days in, with just things going on in business and deals falling through or whatever. And I would just say to myself, no, it's not unraveling. It's unfolding. God, I believe that you're doing something. And that word actually carried me and carried Katie through this tough time. And so the prophetic is so deeply personal. And you know, um, remember I said in my definition, I said that, that the prophetic is not necessarily from a person to a person or a group. It can also be to a circumstance. Remember that Ezekiel prophesied over an inanimate object, over a big stack of bones, right? And so sometimes you have to personalize the promises of God over your circumstances, over your situation. Say, no, God, I know that this deal is going to close because I am blessed to be a blessing. I am the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. And so that is how you prophesy to your circumstance, to your situation. And so um, point number three, I'd love it if the, the worship team goes, and goes ahead and joins me up on stage, but point number three is that prophecy requires faith. And it, it requires faith to receive a prophetic word on, on some level, but really more I'm talking about um, to, to give it, to, to um, act on it, to actually operate in the prophetic. It requires Faith. Remember, I said that a prophetic word um, is a spirit-inspired message, and so that presupposes a revelation from God. It so that there there must be some level of nearness, some ability to hear. But then it requires the faith to say it, to speak it, to actually go to the person and say, "This is going to be crazy." <laughs> But listen, right? And I remember um, last time I preached, actually, I was, um, I did the morning services, so I did the 10 a.m. and then the, the noon. And I was, um, did the 10 a.m. and, and was, was all good and, and it went really well, I think. But uh, 
Then the 12 p.m., um, we're in worship, and I'm, I'm just, just worshiping and praising. And I just kind of look over, and I made, um, it wasn't even eye contact. I just spotted um, Dominic Jones, Captain Jones, one of my, one of my dear friends. And, I, and just in an in a instant, I just saw this quick little picture, and it was of this, um, this apple tree that was just beautifully manicured, perfectly trimmed, and all the, the branches cut just right. Um, you know, the canopy of the leaves just perfectly rounded. And I saw Dominic tending to this, this tree. And, um, and then I saw just kind of zoom out and it was actually this entire orchard of trees. And, and again, it wasn't weird, okay? I want you to understand, it wasn't like I just like went into some psychedelic dream state where like for a minute I was in a trance. It literally all happened in like a second and a half, right? And I just felt God say like, you need to share that. And I was like, no, 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 no. God, I don't really think you you get what I'm trying to do here. Uh, you know, I'm, I I don't want to start the message with this super weird thing. And he was like, Yeah, okay, but but listen, do it. And I was just and so the whole worship set, I was like, Oh my gosh, like what if it just sounds so weird? What if it just comes off? What if Dominic's just like, Dude, I'm allergic to apples, okay? Like, and so I'm just like, I I. But then the announcements are happening, and I just my heart is racing, and I just I just knew that I knew God was saying, Say it sir. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> and so, you know, I got up on stage and, and just shared, uh, you know, Hey Dominic, I know this might be kind of weird, but as we were worshiping and da, 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 I just kind of went through it and listen, I have no, I haven't talked to him about it since. Like, I don't know. He may have been like, I'm allergic to apples or maybe he was like, dude, my dad was an apple farmer. I grew up on an apple orchard. That's crazy. I have no clue. But what I know is that I was faithful. I delivered a word that I felt God would have me share Maybe it was like the most profoundly insightful thing. Maybe not. I don't care. That's not my job. My job is to deliver a message in faith. Uh, a while back at men's prayer, uh, a friend of mine was, was, was praying over me and, and just said, you know, hey, this may sound really crazy, but I just see um, the number six. I see this group of six people sitting around you and God illuminating one of them and you, you calling him forward or calling him out. And he was like, does that mean anything to you? And I was like, no, no, it really, not at all, actually. But, you know, for the next couple weeks, I was kind of looking around for groups of six and like, oh, there's eight, not that. And just, I was kind of ready, you know, and, and, you know, like so far, I'm not saying that nothing will, but like that hasn't happened in some crazy supernatural way. But you know what? I actually told this friend, this buddy of mine, I said, you know what, man? I was so it takes some serious spiritual cojones to say something so specific and so to step out in faith. And I was like, you know what, man? Like that encourages me. Like that really like your boldness and your, your willing. And so, you know what? It's funny because like either way it worked. Either way, my faith was encouraged whether or not this exact thing comes to pass exactly. You know, I don't know, but I was encouraged. It requires faith. It causes us to step out in Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.